Hello, everyone. From that clickety-clack sound, it's time for TV Oblivion, the podcast. I'm your host, Pico Stanis. This is episode six, season one. Today's date is June 18th, 2022, and thank you for joining me today. I have an interesting show coming up. Uh, I have an interesting lineup from from each show from each decade uh, that are that that the shows were right now are largely forgotten and rarely syndicated in the airwaves of television. Uh, right now, the program will go into a commercial break. And this program is brought to you by Maxwell House Coffee. And here's a commercial from the 1950s with that famous percolating sound. Oh, it's a beautiful sound. I bet it smells so good when you hear that or, or see it. So here we go. This is the coffee pot at work. Listen to it perk. Look at the coffee as it gets darker and stronger. Smell the honest coffee smell. Ah, smell it. But will this cup of coffee taste as good as it smells? You bet it will because it's Maxwell House. The coffee that tastes as good as it smells every time. Maxwell House coffee tastes as good as it smells every time. If you like to look at good coffee, listen to good coffee, smell good coffee, and taste good coffee, brew Maxwell House, the coffee that tastes as good as it smells every time. Maxwell House is good to the last drop. It tastes as good as it smells every time. Maxwell House. Okay, everyone, I am back. I hope you enjoyed a commercial for Maxwell House Coffee. Uh, the product's still around. Uh, I, I like it very much. My mother buys it uh, sometimes. She, she switches. Sometimes she uh, buys uh, Maxwell House, Folgers, or Hills Brothers. Uh, I like uh, Folgers better. Uh, but, you know, a lot of people, well, today they go to Starbucks and, you know, coffee houses. Uh, they're good. But there's nothing but a percolator. Oh, the smell and the, it's wonderful. And uh, coffee makers have changed so much. They really have. So uh, believe it or not, we still have a percolator. <laughs> oh, but, but they're not as strong like that. So we'll see. Well, that's the way it is. Okay. So uh, here's the lineup for today's show on episode six of TV Oblivion, the podcast. I will talk about, okay, I'm sorry. From the 1940s, it's a sitcom called The Growing Pains, not to be confused with the other sitcom from the 80s that stars Alan Thicke. From the 50s, it's Captain Midnight. The 1960s would be Shindig, uh, the dance uh, show. From the 1970s will be Apple's Way. 1980s will be A.K.A. Pablo. <laughs> that, one, that show makes me laugh. <laughs> From the 1990s, uh, there was a TV show called Birdland. And in the 2000s will be Joey. That starred uh, Matt LeBlanc. This one's interesting. I like that one. And if you're tuning in, uh, please follow me on my podcast. Please subscribe to TV Oblivion, uh, the podcast. It's found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, 
anywhere anywhere where podcasts are available, Amazon Music. Also, I think I'm on Audacity. I just found out. Yeah. So if you uh, tap tap the app on your phone, you will find me there. Also, I have a YouTube channel called uh, TV Oblivion. Please check it out. I am there. Also, I have my other podcast, Fantasy Counterland Stories. Uh, it's available of everything everywhere where I mentioned. Yeah, please subscribe to that. I will do another podcast of Fantasy Counterland Stories uh, tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow morning I will do one. Okay, first let's get started on the first show from the late 1940s, and that is The Growing Pains. Now, Pains is spelled P-A-Y-N-E-S, not P-A-I-N-E-S. And that was a sitcom that aired on the Dumont Television Network, another, four, the, another show from the Fourth Network in the early days, Okay. And uh, this was a typical sitcom, you know, like you have uh, a husband and wife, and uh, they had uh, the wife has was a scatterbrain. She did all kinds of crazy things. Uh, who does that remind you of? And uh, there was a maid in the show that always saved the day. Okay, and uh, this show was sponsored from Wanamaker's Department Store. Uh, it's probably a well-known uh, department store from the from New York, and uh, this aired on October twentieth, nineteen forty-eight, and it was canceled August third, nineteen forty-nine. That was the last show, and it was broadcast live, like most of them. And uh, let's see, the cast was uh, there was John Harvey as George Payne. Judy Parrish as Lorraine Payne, and David Anderson as John Payne, and uh, it was their son. <coughs> Excuse me. And Ann Sullivan was Birdie the maid. And uh, jo John Harvey, the actor who first played, uh, was the first actor. He was an American actor. He did some stage plays and uh, did some Broadway. He did for uh, you know. But after he he uh, started on the show, he left. Uh, he became he retired and he became an actor's agent. So he didn't act anymore. Very rare like that. And his wife Judy Parrish. Um, let's see. Uh, that who played his wife? That was his real wife. His real wife. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the couple only stayed. For, um, they were there for almost a season, and then uh, they were replaced. Yeah, so uh, the other actors uh, was Edward Holmes and Elaine Stritch, very famous Broadway uh, television actors. Oh, funny lady. And that was her debut in the boob tube, <laughs> her television debut. And uh, there are only one episode... Uh, the episodes that survived, there's only one at the USCLA Film and Television Archive in California, also at the Paley Center for Media, and there's four episodes. So, and uh, so I luckily I found the theme song of the TV show, and it's found it on YouTube. So, I'm going to play that now, and I will come back for a little more trivia about this show. Okay. So, uh, thank you, everyone, and just uh, listen.
Okay, everyone, I'm back. Uh, that was the theme song for Growing Pains. Uh, there's no announcer or dialogue. It's just music. Uh, interesting trivia about Elaine Stritch. Um, in The Honeymooners, she was the first actress to portray Trixie Norton, Ed Norton's wife, played by Art Carney. And uh, she was only there for one episode. And uh, I don't think it's on video. I don't think so. When they released the lost episodes of the Honeymooners, I don't think that was included. No, I don't think so. Um, I should have checked that out and let you know. But uh, I haven't bought the DVD yet, but I want to. You know, I haven't bought it because uh, the lost episodes of the Honeymooners is interesting. And uh, a lot of people who are huge fans of the 39 episodes, uh, like me, when they uh, it's they said it's pale of comparison. They said oh, it's not it's not that great, but you know it's interesting to watch. It really is. So uh, Elaine Stritch was replaced by Joyce Randolph, and uh, she was much prettier and much better than that. Uh, she did appear in the Honeymooners as another role, from what I understand. The rest was history, and she's still with us to this day. She's still alive. Thank God. Lovely lady. Lovely lady indeed. So that's about growing pains, and uh, that's the only information I know. Okay. And that was uh, one of the first early sitcoms, aired 30 minutes. So uh, another uh, TV show went to oblivion. I'm sure if you ask somebody today, they won't know what it is. <laughs> Forget it. <laughs> All right. Next show coming up. From the 1950s is Captain Midnight. Now, here's a show uh, most people probably remembered. Uh, not today, but uh, if you're a comic book fan or TV fan like me, you probably do. And uh, Captain Midnight. Let's see when it aired. Okay. Uh, it aired on CBS uh, from 1950. September 9th, 1954, excuse me, and until January 21st, 1956. And it ran for 39, 39 episodes. And uh, it was sponsored by Old Team and, and later on Kick Serial. And uh, Captain Midnight was a, let's see, they give you a history of that. He was a World War I U.S. Army pilot. His name was Captain Jim Red Albright. Captain Midnight was his code. It was given by a general who sent him on these uh, missions that were uh, very dangerous, from which he returned at the stroke of 12. That makes, that makes sense. And uh, that aired on radio. The, the, the show began in uh, 1938. And uh, they had uh, uh, he he was recruit he was the head of the secret squadron, and there was an organization that fought uh, sabotage and espionage all through, you know, you know they had a lot of enemies and uh, right in from World War from until World War Two, like that, and uh, they, they had uh, what they called the decoders. Captain Midnight had a decoder, and it was uh, called these codographs. And the listeners, they deciphered, like, encrypted messages. You know what? That sounds like today. <laughs> you know, if you are an IT person, <laughs> you would uh, decrypt, you know, and protect your computers like that. 
And uh, let's see. And uh, the characters, there was Captain Midnight. He had a, a ward, a young man. His name was Chuck Ramsey. And the and there was uh, Icky Mud. <laughs> and uh, some other agents as well. And uh, the enemy was... Um, was Ivan Shark. He was on the radio program. I don't know if he was on TV. Maybe. And uh, also the Barracuda. Also uh, Baron Von Krapp. Carp. Not Crap. <laughs> Excuse me. He was a... And uh, he was a Nazi World War II villain. So that was an interesting uh, radio show. You know, and... Uh, let's see. And then uh, they made a serial... Of, uh, you know, not breakfast cereal, but, you know, cereals that you, they showed on the movie series. And uh, the man who started Captain Midnight, his name was David Dave O'Brien. He was like a stuntman. And uh, he, the Columbia Pictures, Pictures produced a 15-episode serial called Captain Midnight. Uh, some, were diff- some of the characters were different. Uh, they didn't have the Secret Squadron. They had... Uh, but uh, Captain Midnight had a mask secret identity, so nobody knew who he was like that. And uh, they, and the serial uh, aired on television later on, and uh, I never saw it, but that sounds interesting. I would catch, catch a glimpse of that. And then the show went into television. The difference was uh, it starred an actor named Richard Webb, and uh, he was... Uh, a veteran of the Korean War, and he held, he held the Secret Squadron. The only character from the radio show was uh, Icky Mud, and that was played by Sid Melton, who is famous for Alf Monroe from Green Acres. <laughs> it was funny, man. And another regular character was uh, Dr. Tut Jones, and uh, he was a scientist, and that was ca- played by character actor... Olan Sewell, or Soul, his name. Uh, you've known him from the voice of Batman from the uh, 70s and 80s, you know, the Super Friends. You know, he, and he was from the radio program and the TV program, but not the serial. I don't think he was there. Okay. So, uh, right now I'm going to play the theme song. Well, it's not the theme song, Captain Midnight. It's a uh, commercial that featured Richard Webb as uh, Captain Midnight, and he is... Uh, Explained the sponsor. Uh, the sponsor was Ovaltine, so he was uh, hawking the product. So once I play that, I will come back and I'll give you a little trivia about that. Okay, thank you. Captain Midnight. Brought to you by Ovaltine, chocolate flavored Ovaltine, delicious, nutritious, instant Ovaltine. A fortified food drink that tops them all. Now for a visit to the Secret Squadron Hall of Fame. Well, here we are, Pat, Peggy. Every one of these great athletes is a member of the Secret Squadron. Gee, crazy legs hurt. Yes, one of football's all-time, all-time greats. And Duke Snyder, a real big leaguer and home run slugger for the Brooklyn Dodgers. Peggy, you should know who this is. Florence Chadwick. Yes. Florence holds the world's record for swimming the English Channel, the only woman ever to swim it both ways. Let's join her on the beach. Florence, how do you keep yourself in condition? 
by getting plenty of sleep, exercise, and the right kind of foods. And I drink chocolate-flavored Ovaltine. Remember, I said Ovaltine. An athlete wants real nourishment, not just a flavoring for milk or a drink with just a few vitamins. Right, Florence. Athletes do need the right kind of nourishment, and Ovaltine gives you extra vitamins, minerals, and other important food elements. And chocolate-flavored Ovaltine is delicious, too. Right again, Florence. Boys and girls drink your Ovaltine every day, just as Florence Chadwick says, get chocolate-flavored Ovaltine. Okay, everyone, I am back. I uh, hope you enjoyed the commercial that featured the uh, Captain Midnight, and that was Richard, actor Rich, Richard Webb. Um, give you some a little biography about him. He was a uh, he was an actor. He uh, appeared on radio, television, um, also film. Uh, he started a lot of movies in the late forties and fifties, and then he uh, yeah, he used to, a lot of television. I remember him on the episode of I Dream of Genie. He was there, and. Uh, so, uh, yeah, he, he, you know, he lived a long life, but uh, then he had problems and then uh, he committed suicide and he died on Jan June 10th, 1993. That's a shame. That's terrible, you know. And, uh, but when I, I saw him in a couple of movies, he was very good. I liked him a lot. And he, this role was perfect for him as uh, Captain Midnight. And uh, interesting trivia about uh, when he filmed the commercials for Ovaltine, he hated that product. <laughs> he said it tasted terrible. I'm sure he meant like it tastes like crap. He didn't like it. So um, Ovaltine, you know, I've had a couple times, but I'm a Nestle's quick guy. I like that. Uh, still do. <laughs> and uh, let's see. So another interesting thing about the show was... Uh, went into syndication, and uh, they changed the name of the show. And uh, because Ovaltine had, uh, was no longer the sponsor, and uh, there was a company called The Wander Company, and he owned the rights to the character. And they, was, and they changed it from Jet Jackson Flying Commando. I don't know why. That sounds strange. And they dubbed all the Captain Midnight's. And, uh, which is, uh, that's unusual, I mean, for me, like, <laughs> and, uh, the others, if you wanted a special decoder device and membership kit from, you know, from Captain Midnight, you will, uh, probably send a postcard and it would say Captain Midnight box P Chicago 77, Illinois. Oh, that's interesting. I bet because Ovaltine was made in Chicago. Uh, because uh, the factory was in Villa Park, Illinois. Uh, I passed by one time, and now it's condos there. And uh, I don't know where they make it now. It's not here. So um, I don't. It hasn't been. The show hasn't been syndicated for a while. But um, but uh, I I don't know if it's on the DVD. Maybe it is probably some boot, uh, not bootlegs, probably public domain. So if you want to go on Amazon or eBay uh, and do a search uh, like that. So um, that's a interesting. I've seen a few episodes of Captain Midnight. I liked it. It was uh, very exciting. <laughs> if you're into the, if you're into the 1950s uh, action shows. Okay. 
That'll be all for that show. And now we're going to talk about Shindig from the 1960s. And uh, this was a musical variety show, kind of like American Bandstand. <clears throat> and uh, the show aired on ABC from September 16, 1964 through January 8, 1966. And uh, let's see. And uh, the host of the show was a radio disc jockey from Los Angeles. His name was Jimmy O'Neill. I'll talk a little bit about him. And the producer's name was Jack Good. He was from England. And uh, that uh, that only ran for two seasons, uh, but it was a hit, a very uh, popular hit. Another show that premiered on the second season was Hullabaloo that aired on NBC. I'll talk about that show in a future ep uh, podcast episode. And uh, so the pilot of the show, uh, they featured uh, sing uh, famous singers, uh, pop singers. Uh, it was Sam Cooke, the Everly Brothers, and the Righteous Brothers. Oh, I've seen, I saw clips of that. That was wonderful. And they had other... Uh, Singers at Wells musical groups. The Beatles were on. Oh, that was big. That was big. And also The Who and The Rolling Stones. So I'm going to play a promo of the show of uh, Shindig, and that features The Beatles. So uh, this is from 1964. This is when uh, The Beatles reached their apex <laughs> of their popularity. So here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm a humble man named Jack Good. I'm also the producer of Shindig. I thought it might amuse you to know that the Beatles are coming! <laughs> yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, that's the way it goes. Twice each week, a Shindig moves with a big beat. The big stars. The big sounds. Twice each week, move with a big show. Shindig. This is Jimmy O'Neill inviting every single one of you to move with the swinging music of young America. Twice each week, swing with Shindig. Okay, everyone, I am back. I hope you enjoyed that promo from Shindig. Oh, it makes me want to dance. <laughs> I love that show. Um, I'll give you a little history, uh, I mean, a background of the host, uh, Jimmy O'Neill. Uh, he was a DJ, and he hosted that show. Uh, he was also the owner of a music venue on the, uh, on, at West Hollywood called Pandora's Box. And uh, it was a nightclub, and uh, it was the center of the Sunset Strip curfew riots uh, that happened. I never knew about this. This happened in 1966, so that must have been kind of scary. And uh, he was from Enid, Oklahoma. And then uh, he he was, did very well in high school, and then as uh, and then he landed a job as a this jockey right away, you know, in Oklahoma City. Then he moved to 
then moved to Pittsburgh, and then he was hired in Los Angeles. And uh, he was on the radio for a long time. And uh, one interesting thing about him, uh, while he was hosting Shindig, he uh, he appeared on the Flintstones. <laughs> and uh, the show was not Shindig, it was Shin Rock. And he was Jimmy O'Neill Stone. And uh, one of the guests of the, one of the performers on that episode of the Flintstones was the Bo Brummels. Which were, they were called the Bold Brumma Stones, and they their hit was Laugh Laugh, and they played that song on the oh, that's a great song, I like it. And uh, and then uh, then then he went to Albuquerque, then he worked at uh, Omaha, Nebraska, and then he returned for uh, L.A. in the eighties and the nineties. He he worked for a long time, so. Uh, so I, uh, I've seen the shows when he hosted, and he was so enthusiastic and, and uh, had a lot of, uh, <laughs> you know, vim and vigor. He was uh, he was great. He really was. So uh, in the beginning of the show, the, the opening of the show, he always said like this. He would say, howdy, hi, shindiggers. We got a shindig for you that is so far in, it's out of sight. Oh, I love that. <laughs> That's a classic. <laughs> Uh, unfortunately, he died on Je uh, January 11, 2013. He was 73 years old. Uh, what's famous about the shindig of the show? Um, they tried to get every act, and uh, like a lot of performers were appeared. Tina Turner, Leslie Gore, Sonny and Cher, The Beach Boys, The Supremes, James Brown, The Ronettes. Oh, they tried uh, Little Eva, who did Locomotion. I like that. And uh, at the end of the show, the mamas and the papas appeared. And uh, the, I think they were discovered there. You know, the, I think they were. And uh, also, what else I was going to say? Oh, yes. Uh, Bobby Sherman, the singer, he was discovered on Shindig. And then he had, he had a long career. He appeared on the TV show Here Comes the Brides, which I love. I have it on DVD. It's a great show. And... Uh, Right now he doesn't perform anymore. I think he he's like a like he's a paramedic. I don't know if he's still. I don't know if he retired or anything. He probably did, but uh, you know he was uh, a lot of girls liked him. He was dreamy. <laughs> they tried to get Elvis Presley to appear, but I don't know. Well, yeah, Colonel Tom Parker. Parker, you know how that goes. And uh, but they played. Uh, there was an hour uh, dedicated to him in his tenth uh, anniversary. You know, performing. And they played all the Elvis songs. And that was, I wish I'd seen that episode. That seems like uh, kind of fun. But then the second season, uh, it didn't become popular. It was hard to get um, acts to perform. Uh, the show, let's see, um, I think it was on Wednesday. Yeah, it was a half an hour show on Wednesday nights, then expanded to an hour. Uh, in January 1965, and then in the fall of 65, they split in two half-hour telecasts, one on Thursdays and Saturday nights. I don't know if Saturday nights, because a lot of young people are not home, but maybe that's caused the, when it canceled. And then uh, the show last aired on January 8th, 1966, and then the show was replaced by none other than Batman. <laughs> 
and the rest was history. <laughs> oh boy. So uh you can still watch Shindig on YouTube. I think there's a, a DVD, probably a few episodes like that. And uh so check it out. It's uh it's fun to watch uh performers, you know. They they were great, they were wonderful. I think there was a women dancers, I think they called the Shindex. Or I don't know, I forgot. I didn't look it up. So, you know, so when they perform, uh, when singers perform, you would see the girls dancing in the back. They always do that stuff. Okay. Next up, a TV show from the 1970s. I will talk about Apple's Way. It was a drama. First aired on CBS, February 10th, 1974 to January 12th, 1975. It was created by Earl Hamner, who was famous from the Waltons and Falcon Crust. And uh, that show ran for tw two seasons, 28 episodes. Okay. And the premise of the show was uh, it was George Apple, his wife Barbara, and their children, Paul, Kathy, Stephen, and Patricia. And they moved from L.A. to his home, George's hometown of Appleton, Iowa. And... Uh, uh, he, they lived with their his father, you know, grand, grandfather Alden, and uh, they had a culture shock because they were used to the hustle and bustle of L.A. and they moved to some quiet, uh, nothing to do place, you know, in that town. And uh, it was uh, they worked at a grist mill. That was the background, and uh, you know the. Kids complain his wife was patient, and you know how that goes. <coughs> Excuse me. The cast of the show was Ronnie Cox, uh, Francis Lee McCain. So uh, later on, she became Lee McCain, I think. Vince Van Patten, Dick, Dick Van Patten's son. Malcolm Atterbury, he played the grandfather. And the children, uh, there was Patty Cohoon, Eric Olson, and... Uh, Let's see. And for the other daughter, uh, Patricia, first was played by uh, Franny Michelle, Mikkel, I think that's her name. And then Chrissy McNichol. I think that's one of her uh, earliest TV roles before she went to family. And I remember seeing this on the show. And when I watched the show, it was pretty good. I liked it a lot. It really did. It was aired Sunday nights. And uh, so uh, when I come back, uh, when I played the intro, the theme song of Apple's Way, I will talk about more about the actors and the and the show. So here's the theme song of Apple's Way. Thank you.
Okay, everyone, I am back. I hope you enjoyed the theme song for Hap Apple's Way. Um, it's a very catchy song. You know, it's very tune. <laughs> Sorry. There's no lyrics. Uh, there, I mean, not lyrics. There's no, uh, you know, words. that. Um, the actor Ronnie Cox, he did a lot of uh, acting. He was a wonderful, uh, he's a wonderful actor. He uh, appeared in a lot of famous movies. One was Deliverance, Beverly Hills Cop, and two and RoboCop, and he was also in Total Recall, and he played the president in Captain America. <coughs> Excuse me, and uh, he was also he's a mu musician. He performs. That's a, he's very versatile man, you know. And uh, so he's still acting. He still does. He uh, yeah. He he's great. He's a wonderful actor. I liked him a lot. I like him a lot very much. I mean, I like him. Not that much. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. And for Barbara Apple, uh, Frances Lee McCain, uh, she did tell, she appeared in a lot of television, uh, maybe a couple of movies. Her famous movie was um, in Gremlins. And she played the mother of, uh, of the main character of Billy Pitt. Peltzer. And I remember, I think the scene, I haven't seen Gremlins in a long time, but she was, uh, I think it's a time where the gremlin was, you know, attacking her and she put him in the microwave. <laughs> I remember that part. I think that's what's true. She also was in Footloose. She played Kevin Bacon's uh, mother. Also Back to the Future as another mother to Leah Thompson. And also in Stand By Me, another mother part. Yeah, she was a great, she's a great mother. <laughs> she's a wonderful actress. She's a very pretty lady. Very pretty indeed. Okay, and uh, there was Vince Van Patten. That's Dick Van Patten's uh, son. And uh, he also played tennis. And he plays poker. So I heard he's very good. Uh, the grandfather role was Malcolm Atterbury. Um uh, he did a lot of movies, television, and uh, there was Eric Olson. He played Stephen Apple, the child actress, and uh, Patty Cohoon, who played Kathy Apple. Also, uh, Patricia Apple, of course, first was played by Franny Michelle. I think she left, and then Christy McNichol took over. And then uh, she became famous, starring in Family and Empty Nest. She doesn't act anymore. I think she retired, but uh, she makes appearances on you know, on the showbiz circuit. So if you go there to a show, she'll sign an autograph for you. I heard she's very sweet. Okay. Also, you know, as TV shows, they market things, merchandise. Uh, I found a uh, board game, Apple's Way, from Milton Bradley. Also lunchboxes, and uh, they also had Viewmaster. Most TV shows from the 60s and 70s had that. And a Viewmaster. I had that too. That was fun. Okay. Next TV show is from the 1980s. is AKA Pablo. Oh boy. My brother keeps bugging me to, to talk about this show. He hasn't forgotten. And I, I and I promised him I will talk about this show. And after I'm done with this podcast, uh, he, uh, he's going to call me this weekend. And then I'll tell him, <laughs> you know, I did AKA Pablo. Hope you're happy. And uh, that aired for, on ABC from March 6th to, March, to April 10th, 1984. Very short. <laughs> it was like 
yeah, it was there. Nah, it's gone. That started out Paul Rodriguez. He's a very uh, family. He's a stand-up comedian. Still funny, man. I like him. He's, uh, and uh, his character's name was Paul Rivera. And the, the plot of the show was uh, he was struggling. And in uh, fact, he talked about his family. And uh, he would make fun of uh, he would make fun of them. <laughs> I think people still do to this day. And uh, it kind of reminds me of George Lopez. He's kind of like that. And uh, the cast of the star, the cast of the show, excuse me, was uh, Paul Rodriguez, Joe Santos. He was famous for his role in The Rocker Files, Kathy Gerardo, Hector Elizondo, and Mario, Mario Lopez. One of his earliest roles before he uh, embarked on Saved by the Bell. And Hector Elizondo, he was everywhere. He's everywhere. You know, you see him on the show. I like him on Last Man's Last Man Standing. He's funny. And he was also in Chicago Hope. Another show I'll talk about in the future, you know, that we haven't seen in a long time. And uh, Kathy Gerardo, she was a very uh, famous Mexican actress. Uh, she did the movies in Mexico, also here. Her role, her famous role, I think, is... Uh, in High Noon, she was in that. And she was married to Ernest Bargain, uh, one of his wives. And uh, he also, she also had a relationship with Marlon Brando. Well, she didn't marry him, thank God. <laughs> anyway, um, that ran, that only aired, uh, it only had six episodes, which is, uh, it didn't do very well. And... Uh, so uh, when I come back, I will, I will play the theme song, and then I'll, talk, I'll discuss a little, little bit more about the show. So here we go. Okay, everyone, I'm back. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the theme song. Uh, I found it on YouTube. Thank God. Uh, like I said, this uh, this was a bomb. It really was. But uh, I saw uh, a few clips on YouTube. I liked it. That's funny. I remember watching this. And uh, there was one episode that starred B. Arthur. <laughs> Whenever she's on TV, you start laughing at her. And she was great. And that was wonderful. I don't remember what she did i don't know what her role was but uh she was there and uh it was funny and paul rodriguez is uh still performing you know he's still involved with other things and uh he's a funny man i like him he hosted the new newlywed game after bob eubanks <clears throat> i remember that and uh he was okay it was funny i like his accent it's cute <laughs> yeah wonderful man okay 
Next show I'll talk about briefly is uh, Birdland. That's from the 1990s. Uh, that another bomb <laughs> didn't air very long. It, uh, it premiered on January 5th, 1994, ended April 21st, 1994. And uh, it starred Brian Dennehy as Dr. Brian McKenzie, and he was a psychiatrist. And he had problems of his own, and he, he treated patients at Roosevelt Hospital. I think it was, uh, I don't know where that was located. And the cast was uh, CCH Pounder, Lindsay Frost, uh, Julio Oscar Machozo, uh, there was uh, D John Rothman, David Packer, Jeff Williams, Kevin J. O'Connor, and Leslie Mann. So I remember... I didn't really watch the show, but I remember the promos. So uh, that was like, uh, it was there and now it was gone. And uh, so I'm going to play like the promo of the Birdland. And then when I come back, I'll talk a little bit about Brian Dennehy, about my memories of him. So here it is. Thank you. Last week, millions watched ABC's newest hit series featuring the star TV Guide calls TV's best actor, Brian Dennehy. Is this my night or what? He's a doctor trying hard to be a dad. Let go of me! I think Ronnie has an illness. I know this is upsetting, but it's, it's treatable. Brian Dennehy, Birdland, Wednesday. Okay, everyone, I am back. I hope, uh, I hope you enjoyed that promo. That was very short. And, uh... We'll talk about a little about Brian Dennehy. Uh, he, wonderful actor. And uh, let's see what we got. Um, he was a famous actor, stage, television, film. He did everything. Oh, my God. Uh, his film roles were First Blood, Gorky Park, Cocoon, Presume Innocent. <coughs> Excuse me. Drink a little water. What's famous about him uh, for his stage work, he was involved with the Chicago Goodman Theater uh, in downtown Chicago. And uh, so he once you saw him on stage, he was magic. He was wonderful. But he's not from Chicago. He's from uh, the East Coast. So. And uh, so his breakthrough role was uh, First Blood. And he was uh, the sheriff, Will Teasel. <laughs> I remember that. That was funny. That, um, television shows, did a lot. I remember him. Uh, well, let's see. For the, His first movie was uh, Looking for Mr. Goodbar that starred Diane Keaton. And uh, let's see what other famous uh, movies had. Legal Eagles. You know, and uh, I remember from Cocoon, when I saw the movie in the theater, he was great. He was great in that movie, and it was wonderful. And also, a lot of people remember him from Tommy Boy. <laughs> that movie's silly. I don't know. I, I But uh, you laugh at it anyway. Okay. Uh, in television, he did... Uh, uh, he starred in a lot of few... Uh, he did one... Um, Let's see. Uh, there was one sitcom he did, The Star of the Family. That was in 82, I think. And that uh, that didn't last very long. So uh, that was like uh, about 10 episodes. I'll talk about uh, that in a future episode. But other uh, famous uh, other TV shows well-known, 
Kojak, Lou Grant, Dallas, and uh, also he starred on Dynasty and he played uh, District Attorney Jake Dunham. And what's fam what he did was famous. He brought Alexis Carrington to Dynasty, and uh, that show was never the same. <clears throat> Excuse me. So uh, he's the one responsible for bringing her. <laughs> oh boy, I bet he regretted it. <laughs> But he was only there for five episodes, and that's it. So he's a, he was a wonderful man. And uh, he passed away on April 15, 2020, which is a shame, you know, because uh, he was a rare talent, you know, nice man. Okay. And the last show I will talk about is Joey from the 2000s. Oh, boy. And that starred uh, Matt LeBlanc. Reprising his role at Joey Tribbiani. And uh, from the TV show Friends. Uh, let me tell you something about Friends. I watched off and on the show. Uh, I'm not saying it's terrible. It's a great show. But I'm not a huge fan of it. It's it's funny. I've seen reruns uh, from time to time. And there's a couple of them that I liked a lot. I think that was the funniest one in Friends. Uh, the funniest thing I see in Friends is where... Uh, Let's see Matthew Perry's uh, character uh, Chandler. He he's trying to quit smoking, <laughs> and you know, and he always goes back and forth. And he makes he makes it so comical. It's hilarious, you know, when he does that. And uh, so now getting back to Joey, uh, that aired on NBC. It premiered September 9th, two thousand four, and uh, ended April twenty third, twenty two thousand six. And then um, it was created. It was created by the same people, uh, sort of the same people from Friends, and it was a spinoff. And uh, I'm surprised because Le Matt LeBlanc. I'm surprised Matt LeBlanc wanted to continue the character, you know. But I guess he did. Maybe they made an offer he couldn't refuse, you know. And uh, so he was uh, in the show. He's still the same, you know. He's lovable, kind of goofy. You know, but uh, that's what made it work. <clears throat> Excuse me. So uh, he moved out of New York, moved to Hollywood, trying to make it as an actor, as always. Probably making the movies or television. He lived with his uh, sister, Gina, and uh, his nephew, Michael. And uh, the cast was, uh, there was Matt LeBanc, also Drea DiMatteo. She's famous for in The Sopranos. Uh, there was Andrew, Andrea Anders. Uh, she was the next door landlady. Uh, Paula Costanzo was the nephew, was Joey's nephew. Uh, Jennifer Coolidge was his agent, but she appeared on Friends as another character. And there was Miguel A. Nunes Jr. Uh, he was his friend, uh, Zach Miller, and also Bel Bel Falcone. Falcone or Falcone as his uh, another friend, and he was a comedian. So there were uh, characters uh, that appeared on Friends, but they played different characters like Adam Goldberg, and uh, he was there. And uh, the only actor that appeared in Friends and Joey was uh, who played Joey's father, jo uh, Joey Tribbiani Senior, was Robert Costanzo. You saw him in a lot of TV shows, and uh, he was. The only one. He was there. Um, 
his sister, her sis, her his sister, um, did appear on Friends, but it was a different actress, and uh, so uh, so I don't remember that like that. So um, so I will play the theme song of Joey, and then I will explain more about the show. So here it is. Thank you. Okay, everyone, I am back. I hope you enjoyed the uh, theme song to Joey. Um, like I said, this uh, sh- this uh, show uh, only ran for two seasons, uh, 46 episodes. There were eight that unaired. Uh, later was released on DVD. And what killed the show was it was opposite uh, American Idol that zoomed to popularity. And uh, that was the end of that. And then... Uh, so it was canceled, and then uh, everyone moved on. And Matt LeBlanc took a break from acting after that. And uh, let's see, he co-hosted a show called Top Gear. And that was uh, from 2016 to 2019. And then he came back to television on CBS. And uh, it was called Man with a Plan. And that ran for four seasons. And... Uh, that ran from October 24th, 2016 to, 20, to June 11th, 2020. And uh, the reason that show went off the air, um, it was on Monday nights and it moved to Thursday. Uh, that will, that killed it. So I will talk about that show in a later episode. So uh, that's a shame because uh, he's a, uh, I've seen him on talk shows. He seems a very nice man, you know. Still funny. Okay. I'll do it. So uh, thank you for joining me on this episode. I'll do a recap of uh, what shows I discuss uh, from the 1940s, the, the Growing Pains, from 1950s, Captain Midnight, from the 1960s, Shindig, from the 1970s, Apple's Way, uh, from 1980s, a.k.a. Pablo, from 1990s, um, Birdland, and also from the 2000s, Joey. So uh, once this uh, program is published, you can listen to any uh, – you can listen to the podcast wherever podcasts are available. You can subscribe and just uh, hit an app on your phone. And uh, also I have a YouTube channel, which is the same name, TV Oblivion, and also on my social media accounts on Facebook and Twitter. And uh, thank you again for joining me. I will have another episode at uh, probably next week. That will be episode seven. So uh, bye-bye for me for now. And here is the pick and pluck song. That's the ending theme song for TV Oblivion. <laughs> song, everybody. And uh, this is Pico Stanis, your host. Take care. Mm-hmm.